Hello, and welcome to You Made Me Watch That, where two film studies professors aim to expand each other's cinematic knowledge one recommendation at a time. It's just one, not Marvel Cinematic Universe. No, though we may have been discussing that prior. I am your co-host, Wickham Flanagan. I am your co-host, Colleen Kennedy Carpot. And this episode, we are getting spooky. (laughs) We are discussing vampires. Focusing on my recommendation of Twilight... And my recommendation, Only Lovers Left Alive. I think you have a more <laughs> sophisticated recommendation. <laughs> well, it's, it's not your fault I'd never seen Twilight. Right. And I have a fondness for Twilight. Uh, um, and the other reason why we ended up talking about the whole movie is because last semester we were teaching um, analysis of moving image together. And multiple yes. students picked sequences from Twilight to do a shot-by-shot analysis. Not one student picked a sequence from Only Lovers Left Alive. Which is a real shame. Right. Um, but I don't know which sequence you would choose. Would you choose the sequence where they lay on the bed or you would choose the sequence where they lay on the couch? Or would you... There are multiples just, of both of those they're things. They're just laying around the entire time. You don't vibe with Jarmish, do you? I didn't say I dis- I disliked it. I <laughs> I just said that that's the whole movie. I'm not movie. saying you disliked it. I'm just saying you don't vibe with I it. I vibe with Jarmish. We're going to have a Jarmish episode, most likely. I hope at so. At some point in the future. I have seen, to, to give my credentials, I have seen Down by Law, which I think is probably one of my all-time favorite movies. So I vibe with that movie very, very much. I fell asleep Um, when I watched that movie. Okay, well, that is your problem. (laughs) It is. Um, (laughs) I'm not saying it isn't. um, That movie just has like a sense of humor about itself. There's just a nice, the the cinematography. I'm I'm a sucker for black and white cinematography. Uh Um, When we get to Jarmusch, we'll get to Dead Man. Yes. Which I have not seen, but... I've also seen Broken Flowers, which yes. was in kind of Bill Murray's Renaissance yes. post Lost in Translation. Yes. Um, and I enjoyed that. I did I not did know too. at the time that was a Jarmusch film, actually. No, I think that's um that's a we're, we're getting into our Jarmusch episode yeah. before we do the Jarmusch episode, but Broken Flowers I think is very underrated um in his filmography and hated, I think, by a lot of people who otherwise it, get it kinda, with Jarmusch. It kinda ends somewhat listless listlessly, but yeah. I don't think that it's uh yeah, I don't know if it sticks to laminating, but I think just in terms of premise, it's pretty strong. Yeah, yeah. we're here to talk about vampires. Though, yeah, uh, Bill is... Murray does not play a vampire in no. Broken Flowers, though I think the movie would be better if he did. Um, I want to also point out that I also saw Limits of Control, which I okay. hated oh. and did not finish because oh. I thought it was a huge waste of time. Oh. And it was mm. just a guy in a nice purple suit. Wandering around. But that guy is Isaac DeBancolo. And he, he wears a nice suit. He wears a really great suit. But that is not enough to hang a movie on. Speak for yourself. Which brings us to <laughs> Only Lovers Left Alive. Yes, I guess which, we start with that one. Yes. Oh, I'm setting up Jarmusch. Yes, um, true. And I had heard the premise of this movie, and I was like, okay, I'm in. And I don't know why it took me so long to watch it, but I think... My issue with Jarmusch is once you've seen one of his films and you hear the premise for another one of his films, you can kind of just watch the movie in your head. Um, and it's not a bad movie. And you're impressed that he came up with this concept for how he would bring his style. And when I say Jarmusch's style, it's just generally kind of a kind of laid back, easygoing, slightly full of itself, but also slightly self-deprecating, chill vibe um and and i would say that that being brought to vampires i also want to get off off the off my chest here i love vampires intrinsically 
Um, I don't a slight spoiler um, for a show. If you have never, if you know anything about horror shows uh, on Netflix, I'm going to spoil something in three, two, one. Skip ahead. Uh, Midnight Mass is one of my all-time favorite things I've watched in the past few years. I'm not going to go any more in detail about that. But uh, vampires, you know, fearless vampire killers. We had talked about the Polanski movie. I just I find them conceptually very fun, and I think they're a good fit for Jarmusch because once you have become immortal, which is the premise of the film, uh, Tom Hiddleston and Tilda Swinton are Adam and Eve, Mm -hmm. and they have basically, you know, found life to be a little bit uninteresting because they have lived so long. Tilda Swinton is more actively engaged with it. She talks about, oh, you just want to dance and... You know, yeah. learn about the trees and the plants and the animals and appreciate everything that it has. And Tom Hiddleston is making edgy music in his um, dilapidated house. And he's very grumpy and Tom Hiddleston-y the entire time. And they uh, love each other very much. And it's just kind of hanging out with them for nearly two hours. Yeah. And and i think the issue that i have with only lovers left alive and i, I don't want to say this cuz i'm going to be probably glowing about it first of all or all over all over this particular discussion is that the movie that i saw in my head of what this is mm-hmm. is exactly what i got and it's 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 really good and it's really it's really uh it's a movie that i probably will want to rewatch because it just kind of puts you in a very chill mindset with vampires which is fun um another shout out to vampires kiss uh the nicholas cage film which would have been another good movie for you to watch maybe we'll do a nicholas cage oh, episode man. yeah there's a lot i haven't seen of his that's uh that's his most extreme he eats a cockroach in that movie ah did you did you read the gq profile of nicholas cage that came out a few weeks ago no it's it's fantastic i gotta say just as an aside gq some of the best celebrity profiles in the business they had one of Keanu Reeves not long ago that was amazing with photos that, honest to God, brought tears to my eyes. And Nicolas Cage. Nicolas Cage's profile kind of— Nicolas Cage brought tears to your eyes? No, it was oh. Keanu. Okay. Um, and there is something about just you know photos of Keanu in the present, which I'm sure we'll talk about when we talk about Keanu Reeves. Um, you just, you're, just, you're weirdly obsessed with I, It's It's Keanu. weird, yeah, because consciously that's not there, but there's— just, Subconsciously. Just, yeah, there's, there's something there. Um, <laughs> no, but the Nicolas Cage profile was also quite something. I mean, he's eccentric. Yes. That's no to, news. To put it mildly. And so, I mean, the, the profile kind of writes itself in that sense. So it was harder, I think, to find an angle on Basically, it. Basically, Vampire's anyway, Kiss. anyway, GQ Vampire's for celebrity profiles. It's good. It's amazing. Should we be doing these promotional endorsements? We did the, the tax service before. <laughs> this one is more on, on point. They need to give us money for us to do that. Well. Um, but the... Uh, I was going to say Vampire's Kiss is basically a movie where there's barely any sort of direction. They just said, Nicolas Cage, go, pretend you're a vampire. Oh. And that's the entire movie. Well, that's and that's all you it's, need, it's really. Very, yeah. It's really I good. feel like that's kind of all that Jarmusch needed to do with Hiddleston oh, God. and Swinton as the, well. I mean, they, the cast of this movie, first oh, of all, R.I.P. to Anton, Anton Yelchin. Yelchin. Yes. Good God. What a, what a loss. Yes, uh, it's true. He did a movie called The Green Room. Which is a particularly mean, nasty little movie about punk rockers <laughs> fighting uh, ne- uh, neo Nazis. Oh, well, so uh, mean for a purpose. Yes. Anyway, it's a mean movie, but it's it's a very well made one, and he's the head of the rock, the heavy metal band. Huh. 
Um, and also RIP to John Hurt. Yes. Who shows up in this as yes. a aged vampire and yes not was, immortal i mean that that's the other yeah. thing i think that is suggested that the just the aging is much longer and what would happen if you know we had life to live over centuries as opposed to you know seemingly minutes yes so that's... but it was nice to see them and i think yes uh tom hiddleston and till swinton and anna wakakowski if that's how you say her last name again i'm Wasikowska. gonna wasakowska Mia Wasikowska. Annie, Alice in Wonderland. Um, she's Alice in Mia um, Wasikowska. She's great for her little role as like a rebellious. Can I say it one more time? Mia Wasikowska. Double check that. Uh, she doesn't care <laughs> if we mispronounce her name. I think it's Mia Wasikowska. Um, anyway, she's fun. But like, uh, I, I love Tom Hiddleston in this. His face yes. was just like a perpetual melancholic statue mm -hmm. and his hair is great and i loved his wardrobe and i love tilda swinton's hair and her wardrobe and the whole movie is just appreciating their hair yeah and their wardrobe you know you've talked about peak hotness in yeah. the past but this is like a very <laughs> specific form of hotness where it's just like just just chill ass vampires man <laughs> and and this is what I mean though, because like like I see an image of that, and I'm like, I know this movie, I will like this movie, and that is exactly what happened. And it was partially just because of how strong they are in their roles as those characters yeah. with those images. They inhabit this space so yes. comfortably that it's it, it it's just so timeless in that sense. It's, it seems like Jarmus should work with Tom Hiddleston again. I think yeah, I think yeah. Because he brings very a, well. he yeah. brings a weird he brings kind of a more of a, a a kind of a twitchy energy. He's not he's not twitchy in the sense of like neurotic, but he's he's just generally kind of what's the term uh, broody. There's okay. not that much broodiness in like Down by Law to the same extent. I guess Roberto Benigni is there to. Yeah, there there are counter forces that are put into these films to do that kind of thing. But I, I don't know that I would say that there's no brooding. You've not seen Ghost Dog, right? So maybe maybe which... I've missed. I guess brooding is part of it. Bill Murray broods. I yeah, guess yeah. a little bit. Yeah, that's that's part of what he does. Also in the Limits of Control, which if you didn't maybe finish that was it, my problem. If you didn't finish it, you is... didn't get to Bill Murray's bit in Limits Ooh, of Control. I bet he plays a facsimile of a person and says something philosophical. I, uh, um, uh, I don't recall anything philosophical. They all have like different names like His is the American, I believe. Yeah, that's not that's not yeah. Which I wrote about in my piece in my piece on Bill Murray, I, I talk about the limits of control anyway, and what he does for Jarmish generally. Still not a vampire. Still not a vampire. No. But have Though you seen Though a lot of Americans are vampires. Have what? you seen Zombieland? Yeah. Okay. Bill Murray Fakes a zombie in Zombieland. I like how I'm. I'm. This is all ties together nicely. I like how in Only Lovers Left Alive, all the humans are zombies. Yes, that's fun. And then Jim yeah. Jarmusch went and made a zombie movie yeah, with Bill did. Murray. With Bill Murray, it's all it's, it's, connected. It's, it's, it's the Jarmusch cinematic universe. What I feel like Jarmusch does not have an angle on, and I have not seen The Dead Don't Die, is or Dead Don't Die or mm -hmm. whatever the full title is. Yeah, I I think his handle on like genre elements. Yeah is a bit tenuous. Whenever the vampires do something fast, <laughs> it's so goofy. It only because it comes out of nowhere. 
they just move really fast and you're like, oh, I forgot they could do that. I guess they're <laughs> vampires. Yeah. Or when they have to wear shades because they have elaborate, weird contact lenses in. Yeah. But again, as just to, what the movie is, is them hanging out. And at one point, the, the sister played by Mia Wasikowska. Thank you. Uh, comes in and she causes a bit of trouble, but then they go to Tangier. But it's the best line reading in the entire film, and the film is full of yes. excellent line yes. readings. What was the? What Which was Hiddleston comes out? You drank, Ian. <laughs> yes, and he says it twice, and both times it you drank slightly, di- but it just Ian. <laughs> just as he has like his yeah. like open like bathrobe, yeah, yeah. And, and just yeah, kind of like effortfully holding it together to so as to not blow up at this sister who he clearly just hates with every fiber of his being. And what I was reminded of with this movie, very much like Down by Law, is the humor yes. that Jarmusch has. Oh, like God. when they're when they're playing yeah. chess and he's like, You you talked, you distracted me. And so <laughs> I that's see what, what you're doing. I and see then what she you're continues doing. to do it. And so it's it's Tom Hiddleston's yeah. kind of brooding kind of melancholy with that kind of humor thrown in it made everything just very likable and i and i want to hang out in tangier yeah um and just chill with them but again i don't i don't feel like the movie went anywhere like there's the emotional kind of moment near the end Mm -hmm. i didn't really feel much um i just it's it is has that kind of dazed and confused quality where you just kind of want to hang out with these folks yeah especially for the first 40 minutes or so yeah because i rewatched it yesterday and i have and i was just hooked on the whole film for the first 40 minutes yes and And again it is this this because it's not about vampires as much as it is about this question of immortality yeah and the vampires in this movie are really a vehicle for getting at this well if we had hundreds of years to live what on earth would we do with them yeah who would we have known how would we go about this and and you know how I mean. Then you get into the mechanism. Okay, like if we could do this, we would be vampires. And then if we were vampires, how would we survive? And there's the, the sort of the practicality of you know how each of them in their respective corners of the world you know supplies themselves with blood and and so on and so forth. Which yeah, I mean, like you said uh, a minute ago, talking about like the bureaucracy of procurement. We yes. don't. This is not mired in bureaucracy, but. It is sort of an interesting exercise to think, okay, this is how they, they have a system, obviously. How did the system get set up? How did Tom Hiddleston decide he was going to dress up as a doctor and infiltrate this hospital to talk to this one guy? Jeffrey Wright. Jeffrey Wright. Who's fun to see. Who is a lot of fun. He calls him different types of doctors Well, he's got the he's got the name tag he's so, dr faust and then but he occasionally and then calls dr. Him caligari. dr caligari and dr strangelove yes it's fun um so of, of course it's jarmish so these references are in there i have to say like the, the film sort of loses it for me as soon as they start driving around detroit and he's like that's jack white's house and then it takes like two minutes of yes. screen time to just be like that Isn't was jack white me. awesome it's like okay I happen to like Jack White. Yeah. He's enormously talented, yes. but it's like, but nothing dates this movie. Or when you see Iggy We're Pop clearly... on the wall next to um, Tesla and Kafka. Uh, there's also Neil Young, if you look. Neil Young. Yeah. yeah. Of course, there's Neil Young. I mean, his soundtrack for Dead Man is just legendary. Yeah. God. Oh, I, I, I can't know wait he... for you to see that movie. No, Only Lovers is my second favorite Jarmish, but I think it might be his his best in some ways here's here's the thing i think i was missing and i and uh, to not spoil the ending but i did appreciate the the final beat mm-hmm. yes but i don't really I, yeah the question of immortality mm-hmm. the the conversation about it the premise of it is always strong and yeah. i think it kind of carries the whole movie 
But I think what I look for in something like Down by Law or even Broken Flowers to a certain extent is kind of something somewhat structured. Is Down by Law, you are chilling with these guys in prison and otherwise, but they escape, they hang out in the swamp, they, they look for food. Like there is a constant momentum so that when you get Roberto Benigni pontificating about how his mother used to murder rabbits in front of him, which is one of the highlights of the movie. Um, it, it, it feels kind of earned, or at the very least, it feels kind of very seamless. And I feel like with Only Leverage Left Alive, it, it just, there is a stagnant quality to it. That does mean it it wears out its welcome a little bit. But by the time they kind of go to Tangier and you get the new environment to kind of look at, um, it, it is a very, very likable movie. Um, but again, I, I do feel like I had seen a version of it already in my head, but I think it's worth just seeing them embody yeah. these roles. Yeah. And I think, I think, yeah, you know, yeah. I, 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 I've always appreciated Tom Hiddleston. I've always appreciated, uh, you know, Tilda Swinton needs no qualification, but I, I think I saw Kong Skull Island. Did you ever watch that movie? I don't. And Tom so. Hiddleston and that is like the roguish British, like, uh, captain of this expedition to find Kong. And he he's just too sarcastic and and kind of um he he always he does dour melancholy so much better. He does irony. He's sort of irony, dour, irony. and even Loki to a certain extent. Yes. He's a little too yeah, you know, hyper. He, yeah. That. He he doesn't hang he's out. He's good as Loki. He, but but, but yeah. that's the thing, but, but because Loki's such an outsider figure. Yeah. Um it works within the whole it's better when he's like bantering, yes, um, yes. or being being kind yes. of glib with because Thor. he's very funny. Yes, and so I think I think I I think I've never seen a role more perfectly suited to Tom Hiddleston mm-hmm. than this, and so that was very yeah. Fun and they too. have great chemistry together. Yes. just yeah. I mean, you, you really feel like they have honestly known each other for centuries. It's fantastic. And as a vampire movie, it is fun to see them him using like the fact that they just seem to pass out every time they drink blood and. Yeah, the way um, the way that that's filmed every time too is also really, it's just it's cool. It's it's cool. Yeah, but I I don't know if I can say much more beyond that. But so few things are cool in cinema, specifically. I mean, few few things in life are cool, but few things these days in cinema are really truly cool. That's a good point. I think. I mean, I think Jarmusch really occupies that spot. And when he does genre, he takes it apart in such a way that you do have to sort of look at how it's put together and how he puts it together in that way, which is what, which is what I liked about um, Dead Don't Die. That one really doesn't quite stick the landing. Um, he, Tilda Swinton he, he has, is an alien, he has trouble. right? <laughs> I, is she even in that? I can't she remember. She is in it, yeah. I was very distracted with Dead Don't Die just because it was filmed um, like in the region where I grew up or very close to the region. It was meant to be like northeastern Pennsylvania. And I saw maps, like, at the, and the cop was like, I know exactly where that is. <laughs> and that was really quite, that, that, you know, the lush vegetation and all this, like, it was just a little too familiar <laughs> for me. The zombies um, running around was too well, familiar to I, you. I, I, I haven't been there in a while, Wickham. I don't know what state it's in. Um, <laughs> but I think, I think we can maybe agree that vampires can be cool. Yeah. Um, I've, we've talked in the past about the hunger. I've not seen the hunger. No, me neither, but I'd love to. But that seems like another example of like, okay, these are some cool ass vampires. Um, and I think, and I think, yeah, I think he, he, he executed on his premise very well. Mm -hmm. Um, 
I just, I may, I, I don't know. I wanted to, again, I feel like it's a movie I'll rewatch just for that vibe, for that first 40 minutes. Of, yeah. I watch the, the first 40 minutes every day, I think, just to catch that vibe. Well, that then, seems yeah. a little excessive. Well, but, yeah, um, but just, I mean, come on. You put the record on. You have a you have family. That wonderful you, should, <laughs> you should go do things, you know, instead of saying, I have to watch this 40 well, minutes. And my daughters have already watched Hotel Transylvania, so they know what vampires right. are. Do you think they would enjoy Only Lovers, Lovers Left, Left Alive? When they're of age, yes. Okay. There's nothing super upsetting. They curse, though. They yeah. do curse. Um, uh, do you think the... The vampires in Twilight are cool. No. Very resolutely no. Um, <laughs> but they um, are preppy. And how? They are the preppiest vampires you will ever see. It, uh, this, Twilight. This is, this is shoehorning the concept of vampires into the most boilerplate teen romance plot. I just, yeah. I mean, I, I, there's nothing to talk about in terms of the plot. I think. I think the what hey. what happens with vampires. I mean, there's, there's no some surprise. Bad, there's some bad vampires. And there's some good vampires. Us. And then they're they, trying they to be fight a vegetarian. When they try to play softball. Or That's the best scene of the film. <laughs> okay. um, when they play softball together. <laughs> They have to go into the middle of the woods. We talk about like naive camp and yes. intentional camp. That oh, is intentional camp. I, well, sure. Yeah. I mean, but that's the thing. Like, I think everyone involved in Twilight knows exactly what they're working with. Catherine like, knows Hardwick. it down to the bone. Catherine, all hail Catherine, Catherine Hardwick. Hardwick. Well, yes. let's not get ahead of ourselves with Catherine Hardwick. Oh, my God. she. I'm just looking at her filmography here. She did 13. She did thirteen, yeah, which I, didn't I haven't know she, seen. But Lords but, but, of Dogtown, but yeah, I mean she's she wow. knows the youth Swickham. The thirteen she's was her first movie. I didn't know she in. did thirteen. She's tuned in, but she did unfortunately, unfortunately, post Twilight, she did a movie called Red Riding Hood, which is like a Twilight knockoff movie oh. with Amanda Seyfried. Seinfeld. Yeah. Um, and so I, I, I did not know. It makes sense then why Twilight is as well-directed as it is because she had done stuff before. But yeah. I, I saw, oh, she's doing this other thing called Red Riding Hood, and this looks terrible. But anyway. Well, Gary, but they, yeah. because they 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 wrested the the reins of the franchise from her when this film happened. My understanding of the trajectory of Twilight is, of course, it comes out as a book by yes. Stephanie Meyer. A, a terribly, terribly uh, written book. I don't know you've if you've read ever, it. I've tried to read it. Oh, that's more than I've tried to do. It's it's really hard. I can't do read. popular literature. I have, you know, I went to graduate school for literature, so my brain is completely incapable. <laughs> I tried to read Dan Brown once, and it, I had to hurl it across the room. Yeah, I read Dan <laughs> Brown when it. I was like twelve, it. and it was pretty yeah. good when you're yeah. twelve. I mean, but, the last um, time I enjoyed that stuff, I think I was about thirteen, fourteen. So I, I am one of those lit snobs, which is part of why I'm only reading. Graphic Twilight's novels. hard to go back to. Well, I, I think. I think uh, the script of this movie reflects that. Well, um, she didn't write the script, did no. she? No. Stephanie Meyer wrote the novel. Melissa Rosenberg okay. 
wrote the screenplay. Well, now, this is something, though. I mean, there's a trifecta of women who are really at the core of this. Yes. And that's that is something to be singled out, I yes. think. And you know, putting Hardwick in front. And yeah, you know, I mean, they hired her for this again, probably because she had done Lords of Dogtown and Thirteen. Yeah. And again, she's tuned into the youths. So let's give this to her, and she knocks it out of the park. It does so much better than the studio even thought it would. Yes. Um. It it ends up, you know, in. Uh, just like Simone Murray says in the adaptation industry, it feeds into one another. You know, the book is successful enough to get a movie and then the movie feeds the success of the books and so on. And it, and it ends up just sort of, you know, symbiotically moving forward with the whole series in that way. Um, but anyway, but it does so well that they pass the second movie in the franchise off to some dude. I don't even know. But, but, well, but here's again, the thing. it's like, yeah. we, we, if she had been given... Not only the same amount of control, but maybe more control over what came next. You could have you know, a sort of an auteurist take on Twilight and maybe the ability to <laughs> to, to, to explore this kind Jim of stuff. Jim Jarmusch's Twilight. What's he? No, no. Chris Witts. I have no idea. Um, but anyway, like Hardwick sort of overachieved enough that they said, you know, fine, honey, we'll take it from here. And then they just passed it to other people so i think she really deserves a lot of credit because this she really directed the hell out of this movie yes truly. and there is an there is an earnestness and yes. I, i've said this before you know i i have to i i don't think twilight by many metrics is a, is a good movie and i i, no, will, I would agree I, with you there i will go into why but i respond to it positively because it feels wholly of what it is mm -hmm. and it feels like they are committed, again, I've said this, I forget what other film I said this about, but they are committed to the bit of, this is a this is a silly novel. Yes. This is a popular novel. We're going to put some uh, a ta a talented, attractive stars in the leads, mm -hmm. and uh, we're going to get this director who will, will take it seriously. Yeah. And I think- Seriously enough. Right, exactly. Yeah. That's, that's really who key. Who also knows that it's a bit silly as well. Yes. But it's not, it's not you know- satirizing it or no or exactly doing a parody. exactly no i mean it's it's the kind of story that is going to have a, a, a i mean not a universal appeal but a, a really significant <laughs> appeal to you know young women but you young girls of a certain I think, age i think it's also important because i i think it was a, a riff tracks or something i had watched where i saw breaking dawn part one which is one where they uh they conceive a child together oh, right they broke that um, into two films. And like I've seen clips. With... Yeah. And I've seen yeah. clips of the other ones. And I think it's important, I mean, just out of your morbid curiosity. My morbid curiosity. For you to see how bad and cynical it gets because it makes the first movie retroactively so much better because there is just such a, like Taylor Lautner's whole presence, no offense against Taylor Lautner, who's also in this movie. But his like whole abs thing and the fact that he turned his whole abs thing, <laughs> yeah. it's very generalized. But the fact, because that was the, that was like the big moment for me of like, oh, this is a big, I took note because there was like, I was in class and there was a, a cute girl who was saying like, oh, Taylor Lautner, I love his, I love how attractive he is. I think it was when New Moon came out, which is the second one. Okay. And I was like, hmm, what is, people are going crazy for this movie. And but it it feels so cynical. The the effects for when they turn into dog people are very bad. I think also the books are getting worse. So the inherent like there's something inherently simple about oh, high school girl moves to new right. town, falls in love with vampire boy. Here we go. 
Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. But then there's like, yeah, there's a whole mythology with the head vampires and then she misses Edward and then it, it gets super convoluted in and in a, in repetitive in how it sort of treats this love triangle. And, and so, yeah, I think the first movie just gets by by virtue of it. It's made with a certain amount of heart and earnestness mm-hmm. and it's also not just kind of churning out because you also get the sense that Robert Pattinson and um, Kristen Stewart are, are getting less interested in doing it as well. Or they're just, as they're the more, yeah, they're more mm. kind of checked out. Yeah. Taylor Lautner's just happy to be there. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why I'm crapping yeah. on Taylor Lautner so much. Uh, his career is not doing so hot. The, at the failure moment. to launch post twilight. Yeah. But Kristen Stewart, especially. And it's Robert the, Pattinson. They're both, they're, they're both good. He has the more thankless job. Of the two, because yes. she has to sell average girl. And do you I, think I, she does a good job of that? I think she. I think she adds so much to that nothing burger of a character. Yes, yes. purely through. I think performance. it's the character. Yeah, that the, the character sucks. is an absolute. Not, but that's again part of all of this. You I mean, put this yourself is the, into you're the role. You're supposed to, right? Yes. And and it's it's. And and just the way that the romance is set up, it's again, it's so boilerplate. There's really nothing to say about this. He loves her because he can't get inside her head, and she's just so mysterious. <laughs> <laughs> she, uh, you're the vampire, and she's the mysterious. Oh, one. the way it's that just, scene is shot, oh it's like God. all these canted angles, and <laughs> it it's is. like it's like a wide shot, and then a close up. And he says, "Say it, <laughs> say what I am, vampire." Uh. But all of that, yeah. all of that is just treated with such a sincerity yeah and a beautiful quality it's, even him robert pattinson's dumb line read of yeah this is what i am yeah and then she goes you're beautiful like it's such a meme so worthy movie it is, oh god that's a good way to put it if it had come out like even five years later we would see so many more memes but there's so many like like the 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 self awareness of it like yes. the we you, the scene that was chosen right for your class, which is when they're in the chemistry. Yeah, when she is first coming to school and she has to come into <laughs> class and sit next to him in the chem lab, it's like it's a bunch of shots. It's like a silent movie. It's like a cartoon. Well, uh, yes, he he's like he can't. <sighs> handle her presence and then she like smells under her arms and, yes because she thinks that she's disgusting but, which 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 is like a, a case too you could not possibly be disgusting like, yeah come on you know um no and they, they film him in front of like the owl or something so it looks like he has wings <laughs> Every, just the color palette this, you know, yeah the color correction of this really, is so blue oh it's very pacific northwest and, and i've never pale. been to the pacific northwest but i mean it conveys a sense of place um, and again, why the vampires would choose to live in, you know, a place that doesn't get sunlight and so on. It just, it, I don't. Yeah. yeah. The, the, all, all their preppy, like white clothes oh when the, they're and introduced. It's like, and they're all foster kids with the same parents. It's and they're like, all weirdly attractive and they're all way older. Or they, like, they look a, huge. Oh my God. Um, the wall of mortar boards from all the times they've graduated, like. And I want to say Go all to of university. those. What? Yeah. Why does it have to be high school? Like you can also. That's just... also part of the fantasy, right? It, obviously, yes. yes. This is what I mean. Like it's it wears its target so m- clearly on its sleeve here. For me, like the writing kind of gets questionable when, oh, yeah. when he says, "Like I like watching you sleep." Oh, like God. that's just kind of oh. uncalled for. Yeah. 
he doesn't have to be a stalker on top. He's already a vampire. But it's but it is. I mean, that's the thing. Like, it's really like unquestioned, you know, ideal ma- idealized masculinity within this really like hetero uh hetero patriarchal kind of system and it's it's yeah the watching you... you sleep and the, the the protector and all yeah, this yeah, yeah. Ugh. Yeah, yeah so i mean yeah i mean and you... he says like i heard their thoughts they were gonna do unspeakable things or like yeah, he's he's reflecting like on the other yes. toxic masculinity of some yes. other people that Who makes him looks better necessarily predatory but he the vampire is not and and but he's a golden, shiny. But she, he, he's vampire. sparkly. He's I sparkly. Say golden. But yeah, yeah. Beautiful. Yeah. Um, As I said, did I, you get swept up in the magic of it? Did you no, swoon when no, he showed up? But or? I mean, for me, it was it was very it was very like at arm's length. I'm looking at this, going, this is the film that did for Robert Pattinson what Titanic did for Leonardo DiCaprio. And if you want to say, you know, case do as Kate Winslet as well. Like, um, yes, I think she had a rougher path, to be honest. Um, really? Be- I, I, I she do. also I, made a lot of cool, weird choices. But I think and... Kate Winslet sort of like, like the, the thing is, is that Titanic is not based on a, you know, popular, yeah. but questionably quality, uh, you know, kind of writing YA novel, right? I mean, Titanic has the veneer of history, even if it also has, you know, the big spectacle and so on. They're very different films in that sense. Now, I talked already about the adaptation industry and how Twilight is very much a product of that. Um, that sort of fell on to Kristen Stewart a lot harder than it did on Robert Pattinson, I think. And we've already talked about, you know, some of the weird choices that he has made with his career trajectory. She has gone on to do a whole lot of stuff, but she has gone on to do stuff mostly in France, I would say. Right. Like her, her, like, the, and I, I, the thing is, is, you know, having studied French cinema and, and knowing that she is one of only two people from the United States to have won a César, which is, you know, the French version of the Oscars. It's Kristen Stewart and Adrian Brody for The Pianist. What did, what did Case do? I, I'm, for, I'm um, I that. believe it was Clouds of Sils Maria okay. that she won, which she did with Olivier Assayas, who's a French director, and Juliette Binoche is in it. She plays op- opposite Juliette Binoche. Um, Case Du is the assistant to Binoche, who is... Um, both herself and in the film, an aging star of stage and screen and is sort of, you know, she's deciding sort of, you know, what her next steps are in life. And like anyway, her trajectory is, is vague. There, there was a whole spate of like middle-aged women deciding next steps movies in France right around that time. Um, but Case Du is sort of her foil in this as the assistant and, 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 and she's just, she's charming. She's lovely. She's just effortless. And I totally understand like what the French saw in her. And I think that they really kind of glommed onto Kristen Stewart as a sort of um, distillation of Americanness that lent itself really well to stuff that, that they wanted to put in their films, especially Asayas, who does have a tendency to work with the same stars over and over again. And so she's been in a couple of his films. Um, but yeah, they loved her in Clouds of Sils Marie, and I totally see why it's a great film, um, which we should do a Binoche episode, and I would pick that for you. Sure. Um, but anyway, yeah, I mean, she's 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 enormously talented, and I and I know she got she caught a lot of. We're going to do an episode on her, right? I I would be nice. Yeah, we we could do. I mean, I mean, Case Two got a lot of flack for being in Twilight. I think she was sort of you know shoved aside and and. You know, just sort of under and, un- and she un- becomes, underrated. and I think, uh, and not her performance. I mean, partially her performance. As I said, she sort of seemingly it becomes more bored. I'm I'm projecting. I have no idea. Maybe she was excited to to get all this money or be in these <laughs> movies. Um, 
but her character gets more insufferable too. I think that's yeah. I, I yeah. Whereas whereas <laughs> Edward is just kind of always the same. He's pretty much static. I think yeah. he tries to walk into the sun. In New Moon, he commits it, or he's being. You've, I forget. You've actually watched all of. These. I've seen clips. I know what happens. Okay. Um, <laughs> Breaking Dawn Part One. There's a very amusing sex scene where they break the bed, and then, he, and then he says, "I don't want to hurt you anymore." Oh, I think I've seen that clip. And, well, of course, you, you sought that one out. <laughs> I no, I didn't. <laughs> but it, it's. But just, then she it's wears so like nice lingerie and stuff, and he's like, "No, I cannot sleep with you anymore because I'm a vampire." and I might break another bed. Um, that was really funny. And then Taylor Lautner falls in love with their baby. It gets oh, really God. bad. It gets really... It's like destined to be oh. that he falls in love with their baby. What? I don't know. I didn't write any of this. <laughs> I wanted to also mention Fifty Shades of Grey. Okay. Which has a tenuous connection to this. Yes. Um, sort of a fan fiction then adapted. And I think there's yeah. a c- interesting similarity. I think Dakota Johnson is also... Kind of on the rise yes. as making interesting choices, and it's almost like when you're in this kind of franchise for the you know the you get your star power and then you do something with it because these yeah. are smart mm-hmm. actresses and actors. Um, but very similarly, I don't know. Have you seen Fifty Shades of Grey? No. It's I would say it's a worse movie than Twilight, um, but especially the writing. But it is also made by Sam uh, Taylor Johnson. Ah made with a certain amount of earnest conviction, like yeah. style, the way yeah, it's yeah, shot. Yeah. Um and and it also in the sequels it gets way crappier because there's a sense of them just kind of cashing in. Well now do, but does does she go on to direct the other ones? No. Okay. So the same yes. problem happens. Yes. It does better than you think because you let a woman actually take this seriously yes. enough to yes. do it some justice and then whoops, it's making money. Let's... I think like rent yeah, it, it was yeah. some hack. But Dakota Johnson has um, has a Hollywood pedigree, of course, um, which I don't believe Kristen Stewart has, even though Kristen Stewart has a very long career, even before Twilight, um, as a child star. She was in right. Panic Room, Panic right? Room, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. So, yeah, anyway, I see why the French fell for her. I, I, I Seeing Twilight, it just it made so much sense. Which is interesting because it's like, yes, she's going to go on and win the Cesar. <laughs> but 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 at the same time, it just, yeah. Thanks I, partially to Twilight. I, well, it, well, the French take this stuff more seriously than Americans do. I think there isn't this sort of knee-jerk, you know, if teenage girls like it, it must be dumb kind of thing to it. And they can look at a film like this and say, okay, the premise is... To be fair, it is kind of boiling. dumb. I mean, well, it, it is, but I mean, but, the, but it, they don't just take it and throw it entirely in the garbage the way no. that i think and when I, that I happens think it this, certainly it, deserves that yeah yeah i mean that's but that's kind of what happens in the states i think it's 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 more women are more vulnerable to this because so much of that kind of culture is targeted at women you can see this actually in uh the other fantastic film that came out recently turning red um it's just you know girls fandom and sort of how society deals with this particular attachment that they have to different kinds of things yeah anyway i i i think as long as you're entertained like i think people responding to twilight in negative ways or positive ways there's always a sense of like being invested in the 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 ridiculousness of it yes and i think that is not that is not without skill 
That yeah. is that is not without merit, and I think that that is what people seem to be forgetting. It's true. And the not to to go into the sequels one last time, but they are just boring. They are just monotonous, boring, tripe. And and I think we should appreciate things that at very least in, engender that kind of emotional yeah. response, even if it is just, ooh, these people are cool. I want to hang out with them. Or if it's this is silly, the fact that someone is going. 80 miles per hour in a minivan <laughs> in a high school parking lot. <laughs> and, and then climbing up trees. And then climbing up trees. And what a, does he an call effect her that is not particularly point? convincing. He calls her a spider monkey at one yeah, point he with calls affection. Her a spider monkey. I mean, you have to treat this with exactly the right amount of seriousness. Because if you go over the line, it turns out bad. If you go less than that line, it feels like you're dismissing it. And I mean, like it or don't like it, I mean, it's a cultural phenomenon. And yeah. I, I feel privileged to watch it kind of after the fact, which is what I prefer to do with these kinds of yeah. phenomena. Watching it with this distance of what, you know, more than 10 years at this point, it's it's easy to sort of have that distance and, and value what we need to take from this. And, and we can situate this film, uh, especially among its uh, star trajectories. Um, and what, what has Catherine Hardwick been doing lately? You said she directed Red Riding Hood. She did a else? Lost Boys TV movie. Okay. So she's in some sort of vampire hmm. rut. Um, well, well, it's again, it's Mafia Mama stuff. pre-production. I I, mm. uh, Tell It Like a Woman. I don't know anything about Prisoner's Daughter. Don't Look Deeper TV series. And This Is Us, she directed. So she's unfortunately... She did a thing in 2019 called Miss Bala, which is like a badass action heroine movie, I think. Okay. Gloria finds a power she never knew she had when she is drawn into a dangerous world of cross-border crime. Surviving will require all of her cunning, inventiveness, and strength, based on the Spanish language film. Oh. With oh. Gina Rodriguez. Oh. So it's a, an American remake. Yes. A 41 mm. Metascore. So Ooh. that does not uh, seem to imply. But- yeah. She did a good, good job with Twilight. She did. I think it's underrated. I think it is silly. I think it, it is, is very questionable silly. in a lot of ways, but I think it is very entertaining. Yeah. And I think it it gets a bad rep. And I think... Yeah, I think it, it deserves more credit for what it does. And I think, you know, as a vampire movie, maybe mm -hmm. there is a better vampire yeah. movie. Only Lovers Left Alive. Only Lovers Left Alive is, is a better, better movie than is Twilight. It is a better vampire movie. But Twilight is not a vampire movie, I think. Right. It's more of it a It is a high school romance. Romance, yeah. That happens to feature a family of preppy vampires. Yeah. Which are great. Because yeah. vampires and preppiness go hand in hand. I guess. I mean, <laughs> yeah, you're not wrong. Why not? Um, sometimes they can be grungy, he, too. He, yeah, he could have worn a flannel or two. I guess it was very passe at the time. Flannels are coming back now, so I feel like I can see Does he that. wear like a turtleneck at one point? Someone, one of the vampires the wears vampire, a turtleneck. Gee, I can't imagine why. Yeah. <laughs> Wouldn't they have to? Isn't that how they would? The Tom yeah. Hiddleston or Tilda Swinton would scoff at wearing a turtleneck. Maybe, well, she scoffs at a lot of things. Yes. But she gets to. Yes. She gets to scoff at whatever she likes. <laughs> but thanks to both of these films, we wish we could become vampires. We do. Uh, I'm speaking for both of us. <laughs> okay. I, well, I wouldn't mind living forever. I, I mean, just I want to point out we're in a basement studio. There's no sunlight at the moment. I, I feel like, Wickham, you're about to reveal some fact about yourself. <laughs> uh, uh, let's, uh, let's end it there. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, this is our episode. Uh, 
You made me watch that as a production of the Department of Communication and Design at Bill Kent University. You can support the podcast by subscribing your, to your favorite audio app and by following the Bill Kent Cinema Society on Instagram at Bill Kent Cinema, all one word. Uh, our cover art was designed by Denise Vadi Tog. See, don't give me names to pronounce. Okay, I'll do this one. Denise. Our cover art was designed by Denise Vaditongush. What was the, her name again from Mia Wasikowski? She did not do anything for our podcast, Mia, but Mia I want to. Mia Wasikowska. Mia Wasikowska. Our theme music was composed by Dozy Ozovzowski, <laughs> who you can follow on Instagram and Spotify. Make sure to check out his latest release, Uzak Uke. This episode was produced by Tylon Akil. Got that? And the Bill Kant Cinema Society with extra testicular to our tech wrangler, Ostran Acker. And now over to me. Do you want to give a special thanks? And now over to Colleen hmm? for this episode's special thanks. Go for it. I'd like to thank David Lynch for trolling absolutely everybody about the whole can reveal. That was That's a masterstroke. Good job, David Lynch. Thank you, David Lynch. Uh, he needs to feature more vampires in his films. I no, think. no. God. No. no? Maybe he is a vampire. That would explain a lot. That would explain a lot. Yeah. Thanks for listening. Yes, David. Thank you for listening. Cheers.